Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 2. In this second chapter of 1 Samuel, we have Hannah's song of praise to the Lord after the birth of Samuel. And this is put in contrast to the sad condition of the priesthood in those days of the judges. 1 Samuel chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went to his house in Ramah. But the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. Then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, and the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up. So they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Also, before they burned the fat, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who sacrificed, Give meat for roasting to the priest, for he will not take boiled meat from you, but raw. But if the man said to him, They should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires. He would then answer him, No, but you must give it now, and if not, I will take it by force. Therefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for they despised the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings with all the people. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father, because the Lord desired to kill them. And the child Samuel grew in stature, and in favor both with the Lord and men. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, 
Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me? to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your house. And you will see an enemy in my dwelling place despite all the good which God does for Israel, and there shall not be an old man in your house forever. But any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. In one day they shall die, both of them. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, Please put me in one of the priestly positions that I may eat a piece of bread. Let's begin our study of this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 2, with some background notes. In this chapter, we obviously have a contrast between a faithful mother, namely Hannah, and an unfaithful father, namely Eli, and a contrast between the godly son of Hannah, namely Samuel, and the ungodly sons of Eli, namely Hophni and Phinehas. Now, in the first part of this chapter, we have Hannah's song of praise in response to God's answer to her prayers for a son. The song of the Virgin Mary, after the announcement by the angel Gabriel that Mary was to be the mother of the Messiah, seems to indicate that Mary's song, known as the Magnificat, was influenced by Hannah's song of praise here in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Mary's Magnificat is found in Luke chapter 1. So Mary must have reflected on Hannah's song of praise as she uttered her own song of praise under the power of the Holy Spirit. Now in the second part of the chapter, we have the sad record of Eli and his sons. Hophni and Phinehas, in great contrast to Hannah and her son Samuel. Verse 12 says that the sons of Eli were corrupt men and that they did not know the Lord. We see in these verses that Hophni and Phinehas were guilty of breaking both God's ceremonial laws of the Mosaic Covenant as well as God's moral laws. They broke the ceremonial laws in two ways. Number one, by taking more of the meat of the sacrifices than they were supposed to, according to Leviticus chapter 7. And number two, by taking the meat of the sacrifices before the fat had been burned, as it was supposed to be burned in accordance with Leviticus chapter 3. And they broke God's moral laws in two ways as well. Number one, they despised or looked down on the offering of the Lord. Verse 17, you know, I trust that we are not guilty of looking down on or despising the things of the Lord. 
If worship and serving the Lord are low on our priority list compared to our jobs and our vacations and our material possessions, and we just attend services on Sunday morning, then we really do look down and despise the things of the Lord. How else can our selfish lifestyles be explained? The second way in which Hophni and Phinehas broke God's moral laws was that Hophni and Phinehas were involved in fornication. Verse 22. As a result of these sins on the part of Hophni and Phinehas, God said that they would be struck down and killed on the same day. And indeed they were, as we will see in chapter 4. Well, so much for background. Let's move now to our doctrinal teaching points for 1 Samuel chapter 2. Doctrinal point number one. Hannah is an example of a faithful and dedicated servant. Hannah is an example of a faithful and dedicated servant. Even though this time was during the sad period of the judges in the history of Israel, there were some godly people around, and Hannah was one of them. God always has a godly remnant. Notice that in Hannah's song of praise, there is no hint of revenge. Remember Peninnah, her rival, mocked her when she was barren. But Hannah rises above her former bitterness and finds her strength and victory in the Lord. Look again at verse 1. Hannah praises the Lord for his holiness in verse 2 and for his knowledge and omniscience in verse 3. In verses 4 through 8, Hannah praises the Lord for his power in all areas of life. Verse 6 would certainly be a scripture against abortion and euthanasia. Verse 6, the Lord kills and makes alive. How dare we infringe in that area and take life? This area belongs to the Lord alone. In verses 9 and 10, Hannah praises the Lord for his perfect and sovereign judgments. And verse 10 looks on to the future kingdom of our Lord here on this earth. Now, I trust that we are all like Hannah and faithfully serve and praise the Lord. Hannah is an example of a faithful and dedicated servant. Doctrinal point number two. Eli is an example of an unfaithful and undisciplined servant. Eli is an example of an unfaithful and undisciplined servant. The good news about Eli, the high priest, is that he did encourage Hannah when she had no children, and he was open to having Samuel live and serve at the tabernacle. But the bad news was that Eli was not a good father, and he did not discipline his sons, and he did not discipline himself as to his responsibilities, and therefore God would have to discipline Eli. When Eli heard about the sins of Hophni and Phinehas, he spoke to them in verses 23 through 25. Eli should have done more than just talk to his sons. He should have defrocked them, that is, removed them from the priesthood. But Eli was not disciplined enough to discipline his sons, and therefore God would have to discipline Eli. The end of verse 25 says, For the Lord desired to put Hophni and Phinehas to death. Now, does that phrase bother you? Ephesians 1.11 says, God works all things after the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1.11. God's purpose was to discipline Hophni and Phinehas with death. And he worked through Eli's failings to accomplish that purpose. 
God used another prophet or man of God to come and pronounce judgment on Eli. Furthermore, Hophni and Phinehas would be killed on the same day. Now the faithful priest in verse 35 was Zadok, who was made high priest under King Solomon. And true to the prophecy, Zadok was a descendant of Aaron, but not in the same line as Eli. As a faithful priest, Zadok is typical of the Lord Jesus, who is our faithful high priest and king as well. The demotion of Eli and his priestly line is emphasized in verse 36, where it says that Eli's descendants in the future would just try to get a job helping the priest in order to eat. Eli is an example of an unfaithful and undisciplined servant. Now, what about practical application? Don't dishonor the Lord by failing to discipline your children. Don't dishonor the Lord by failing to discipline your children. Are you the type of parent who says to your child, if you do that one more time, I will have to discipline you, but then you never carry out the discipline? If you're a parent like that, you are like unfaithful Eli, all talk and no action. As far as God is concerned, you've dishonored the Lord. Verse 29, once again, the Lord said to Eli, why do you honor your sons more than me? You must discipline your children and do it with your emotions under control. Not to discipline wrongdoing in your children's lives is to dishonor the Lord. Don't dishonor the Lord by failing to discipline your children. 